I appreciate you taking the time to come talk to me. Um, this is the hardest part of your story, and I just want to jump into it. Police, explain this. That's what my life was worth. Two grand. When they go through my phone records, how are they going to prove this? Because I have the screenshot. So I'm on my way right now to go meet Cuban Delight. And police is calling me and telling me that it's a fucking problem. It's going to be a problem with your children. You send death threats to my kids. It's up. I don't give a fuck what you do. I don't give a fuck how you try. I don't give a fuck how you blast. You are hiring a white woman to lie about S.A. I'm not stopping. Did you sexually assault the content creator, Police of the God? Why go into a courtroom and depend on 12 perfect strangers to tell you who's telling the truth when you can get a million eyes on here? My name is Anthony Highland, uh, speaker, author, entrepreneur. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm serving this country as a United States Naval sailor. Um, well, the majority of my family serves or has served in the military. Um, yeah. And I uh, chose the path of the Navy um, as I've always uh, done things differently as everyone else. Um, the majority of my brothers are Army. Um, I had an uncle that was in the Air Force. Um, a grandfather that I later found out was in the Navy. Um, I've served uh, almost eight years and I just re-enlisted for six more. Um, it's one of those things that uh, it kind of grows on you after a while. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So since we're talking about it, there's rumors of World War Three being a possibility. Do you think that's a possibility? Or? Yeah, no. Uh, you know, I think that uh, um, oftentimes what happens uh, when we you know, delve deeper into uh, things of that nature. I always tell people, you know, some things, they're just above my pay grade. <laughs> and then when we look at, you know, uh, mass hysteria, we want to ensure that we're not inciting things that we don't need to, yeah. um, as well as, um, you know, drumming up narratives. And really and truly, I think we are in a very interesting place um, as it relates to our society. Um, however, things of that nature, even if it was, way above my pay grade <laughs> i just go to work do what i'm told you know what i'm saying yeah and, uh, make sure I'm, I'm where i need to be when i need to be there <laughs> okay. yes sir so you, you said we're in a certain time right now and i think um social media is a different time compared to things like even 10 15 20 years ago what do you think social media I think uh, social media, in a way, um, has allowed people this opportunity um, to extend who they truly are. Um, you have some people whom are playing a character. You have some people whom bear their souls. And then you have others whom don't use utilize it to create content. They consume content. And I think oftentimes that can um, inadvertently create um, what is known as parasitic parasocial relationships uh, exactly. to whereby a content consumer will feel entitled to a content creator's platform and then the fostering of an unknown relationship um, thereafter, which has led to people being stalked, people being harassed, people being falsely accused of things that, you know, is not indicative of who they are, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I think that uh, we are in what I call the age of social media. Um, to whereby, you know, it's one of those things that, if not managed properly, could very well ruin someone's life. 
Okay. So do you believe there is a difference between traditional mainstream media and social media? Or is the line kind of got disappeared in the last few years? It's interesting you asked that question. I um I recently graduated from uh at the time Voorhees College now, Voorhees University mm -hmm. uh, in Denmark, South Carolina, uh, to whereby uh, I did my about to say dissertation goodness gracious i did my senior thesis um on social media's impact on journalism yeah. and i think that um denzel washington hit the nail on the head with the interview that he did and he said that um in it's it's getting to an era where there's no longer a desire to be right and more so a desire to be first and the responsibility yeah of that comes essentially down to what we call ethical journalism. So in that, people are more willing to, it's almost like I would much rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. And we're, we're living in a time whereby people don't think twice about putting out a narrative or putting out a story, regardless of who it could harm, because they wanna be first. They wanna get those clicks, they wanna get those views, they wanna get that traffic. So in that, um, oftentimes it invokes a certain uh, emotion. Um, and then when that dopamine is released, you start to feel a certain way. You start to uh, almost essentially get a high from it uh, in a way uh, to whereby some people have become addicted to it. Most people don't know. Um, and if you go back and you look at um, one of Facebook's, um, uh, I believe it was um, an interview um, to whereby, uh, well, not an interview, I'm sorry, it was a congressional hearing. And they mm -hmm. talked a lot about how narcotics experts are hired to advise these social media sites to make them become as addictive as possible. Yeah. So in that, uh, what happens is when you take mainstream media and social media, the line sometimes does get blurred because with mainstream media, there's a, a, a desire in a way to quote, control the narrative to whereby with social media, you literally have people pulling out their phones in real time to whereby stories can't get twisted and journalists are now uh, petitioning the assistance of social media influencers um, to become, you know, uh, potential uh, arms or legs or whatever metaphor you want to use of that um, uh, channel or site or whatever the case may be, yeah. um, because of the access to information. And social media gives it to you right here, right now, in real time. And I think that there's a huge blurred line there. And what it truly boils down to is ethical journalism. Yeah, interesting you say that because I've seen the big, the big tension between social media and mainstream with the Tory Lanez case. Because there was a few bloggers that was reporting it a certain way. And then one of the top writers that's following the case, they were saying that there was a narrative from black bloggers was putting out different backgrounds. People have different perspective on the same situation. I agree. And it's, it's interesting you say that because I'm literally essentially going through almost the exact same thing. Yeah. Now, what people don't recognize is that once Tory Lanez was found guilty, what that thereby did, especially for those blog sites, is give Megan Thee Stallion a leg to stand on to sue for defamation. And the docuseries that's being done on me, it's called Clout. Um, it literally catalogs 
my social media journey with dealing with false accusations from another individual. Now, once those things get out into the atmosphere, right? Yeah. If you do not clear your name fast enough, the quote, court of public opinion could literally crucify you in the media and you can thereby become branded something that you are absolutely not. Now, granted, I had access to resources being in the military that most men um, that, you know, get, you know, falsely accused of things uh, such as what I was accused of, which was, you know, sexual assault. Yeah. And it was rough to navigate because once you get branded that publicly, oh, it's hard to come back from and yeah. having to go to NCIS and the FBI, et cetera, et cetera. It was rough with the Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion uh, case. Uh, a lot of people didn't realize Megan Thee Stallion wasn't on trial. Tory was. But that's the way that they wanted to paint the narrative in order to defame her, in order to discredit her. Right. And yeah. once he was found guilty, she get her legal team together. All she has to do is be able to prove a loss in any way, shape, form or fashion, whether that be merchandise, whether it be tours, whether it be uh, music sales, whether it be you know a schedule that was set for her to make money uh, that was interrupted by this court case. Yeah. Boom. Now she has a case. And now those individuals are in some hot water. And I like uh, I like the, the parallel here because oftentimes what will happen is you have uh, larger uh, social media influencers. Now, when I say larger, I mean, to the tune of 10, 20, 30 million. Yeah. I only had one point six million um, on TikTok uh, to whereby with other larger influencers, you don't hear nearly as much of what goes on with them as opposed to us smaller and when people hear smaller, it's like 1.6 million. That's small. Well, compared to the people that are bigger than me, oh yeah, I'm a small fish in a big pond. And with celebrities, it's almost like the level of their legal teams oftentimes determines how certain things get painted as well as individuals desire to defend themselves. I know for me personally, being falsely accused of that uh, gave me an immediate desire to defend myself, especially considering the fact that I'm innocent. Um, and in that, I had to literally get federal documentation from NCIS, which ultimately um, ended up clearing me of those things to where I could bring it back to my audience expeditiously so that now they're looking at it like, OK, you haven't done anything to, you know, properly report this. You're turning down interviews, you know, with NCIS to sit down and speak with them. You know, you're not you know, going to you know, the police station or anything like that, but you're taking everything to social media, which is part of the reason why we named it clout. And it's interesting that we draw the parallel here with ethical journalism and these celebrities, because I was curious myself, even with Mike, like, why didn't you ever properly address this? And you have some people that will literally think and believe, well, if I know I didn't do it, why give energy to it? Mm -hmm. And then there's others like myself, where there are certain things that I'm not at the level of I can just ignore that because I still have other things going on. I still have other business endeavors outside of being a social media influencer that that could very well damage. Then me being in the military, me being a father, you know, it could affect me having my children. Child welfare could get involved. But people don't think about these things when they put them out on social media. Those blogs, they didn't think twice about putting those narratives out before the verdict was even given. I agree. And again, it speaks to the desire to want to be first, so to speak. And in my case, 
this individual's desire only to post on social media to whereby once I presented all of my facts, my documentation, et cetera, et cetera. Now the court of public opinion is looking like, well, hmm, you got a lot of lip service and you ain't got no receipts to whereby I have receipts. Now Megan has receipts. Well, to the tune of, you know, what we saw during the case. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kind of the uh, interesting parallel with uh, with Mike and, you know, pretty much how that was navigated and still brought up to this day. Yeah, because interesting you said if someone's innocent, how come they don't say it right away? Because I have a, I have a, I have a lawyer friend. I used to work in a law firm, actually, legal assistant. And I asked him that, and he said, being um, an attorney, he said he would have given Mike the same advice to just let it go, even if he was thinking, because he said, for him, it was just like a little bug to him. Yep. But then he said, on the flip side, when it comes to the public, they're wondering, why would you pay it off? Because when, when you look into that case, you could see when Michael didn't want to do it originally, but then people like Elizabeth Taylor and everyone told him, Mike, just let it go, give them the money, and he'll go away. But that probably also has to do with race too, because with other races when things like that happen, it just goes away. It doesn't keep being, kept being brought back up. Right. And I, I think it also too plays into your legacy. I know for me, that's definitely yeah. not something I want to be out there in the atmosphere. God willing, if I take my last breath today, yeah. I want my children, my family and my legacy to know that I fought tooth and nail to ensure that those, you know, false accusations, you know what I'm saying, were addressed. Um, and, and I think, again, too, once you reach a certain level, it's easy to just shell those things out. But for us little people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we don't get that same grace. We don't get that opportunity. Uh -huh. And then us, yeah. we don't get that either. <laughs> Absolutely. So you were talking about cloud. I see that it's like, a, is it a multi-part series documentary? Yes, it's a docu-series. Um, my director, his name is Derek. Um, it's over on uh, Damn It Derek on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's called Clout. Um, and it pretty much catalogs my journey um, as a content creator from how I got started um, all the way to where I am now and in dealing with um, another content creator um, whom yeah. falsely accused me um, of sexual assault and attempted to uh, uh, ruin my life, essentially, yeah. um, by weaponizing her supporters um, to contact my chain of command, um, to put out all these false narratives on social media. Um, and it's just, it was just really disheartening to see. Um, and what docu what the docu-series does and what we're hoping to do with it um, is to uh, bring about some sort of legislation as it relates to false accusations, um, because our biggest um, hurdle, so to speak, um, has been that there are laws against false reporting. Yeah. However, there isn't laws against false accusations on social media um, as it relates to a non-report, which is what this uh, absolutely was. Um, this woman for an entire year has stalked and harassed me online um, with the assistance from others um, and has yet to file anything with her local police department in contacting NCIS literally around the world. Um, mm -hmm. She's threatened 
uh, NCIS agents to the point where she's been federally debarred from coming to uh, where I'm stationed now in Honolulu, Hawaii, to frequent any of the bases. And she's a veteran. So as a veteran to have been debarred, meaning that she cannot uh, adhere to any of the amenities uh, on base, gas station, the commissary, uh, any of the shops, uh, et cetera, et cetera, was a very huge deal. Yeah, that's serious. Absolutely. So you said you're a content creator. What what type of content do you make? Uh, the foundation of my content is education. Um, at the beginning, when I first started, um, I started with my poetry. I'm a spoken word artist as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I saw an opportunity. I saw an opportunity to establish myself as one of the top black male intellectuals uh, on the app, um, be it uh, into what we call intellectual rebuttals. So if, in fact, someone put out misinformation about like a historical event or a current event, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. what I would do is I would go and I would shed light on it. Um, if there was something that happened in the media, my activism um, would kick into play and we would, you know, uh, seek justice for um, said individual, whether it be pushing petitions, whether it be putting pressure on police departments, whether it be um, putting pressure, pressure on DAs to reopen cases, you know, those types of deals, and then just shedding light on uh, individual stories. Um, yeah. And it was just really interesting. And the longevity that I've been so blessed to have uh, and my supporters, I call them the speakers, you know, because that's what we do. We speak, we speak truth to power. Um, and uh, one of the things that I'm uh, so blessed um, as it relates to my audience um, and my supporters um, is that uh, we have such a diverse following. Uh, TikTok is a very interesting platform um, as it relates to um, building an international uh, audience um, and in navigating that, um, being able to uh, put not just myself, but my supporters in a position to whereby not only could they defend me, now they have uh, documentation um, to back it up. Yeah. So you said um, social media has a problem with people making accusations, but what are your thoughts on the case that happened with Cardi B and Tasha K? Because it looked like that was one step towards fixing like people making false accusations on celebrities like, and people on social media. The, the the difference in that is that Cardi was actually able to prove loss. In my situation, because this individual never physically filed anything, that is where my issue came in at. Um, it was it's hard to prove loss when all you've consistently done is got more opportunities. You've gotten more support because I've I presented myself in a way that people believed me. You know, people believe that, you know, once I went to, a, you know, get my documentation, it's just like, OK, well, he's taken the steps necessary to clear his name. And, you know, his story has never changed. You know, this woman has not only changed up her story ten thousands of times, yeah. but then also went so far as to hire well, allegedly of course, because it's still yet to be proven. But, yeah. you know, uh, there was a white girl um, whom she allegedly hired to falsely accuse me of the same um, to whereby she proved communication between the two um, before the accusation took place. Um, and that is outlined um, in my videos. Yeah. Uh, so whereby, you know, this individual uh, almost again enlisted the assistance. And we know the historical connotations that come behind white women falsely accusing black men of sexual assault. So yeah. to go to that extent, you know, even with said false allegation, it just 
to sexual assault victims worldwide, number one, I want to say you're valid. Um, and number two, I didn't want people to utilize this as an opportunity to invalidate individuals whom have gone through this because I myself uh, am a survivor of sexual assault yeah. at 13 and 16. So in that, I didn't want people to take and use this as an opportunity to say, hey, I told y'all, I told y'all them women be lying. When the reality is that while we yeah. can have the conversation, we can have it independent of what actually takes place. Um, when we talk about violence um, uh, to women in that regard. Um, so, you yeah. know, kind of navigating that was really difficult in separating the two and not allowing people to weaponize this against women. Well, that's the thing I tend to see on social media sometimes is that if you agree with one part of a person and there's a next side that people don't agree with, they think that you just agree with everything with the person. Right. And that, 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 what that kind of speaks to is uh, what we call the believe the victim crowd. Um, yeah. and, I, and I say that in the sense of, um, you know, I said from the very beginning, you know, I was not upset with anybody that um, perpetuated that sentiment because I understand it. Yeah. However, only thing that I asked was that they look at the evidence, they listen to the videos and that they listen objectively. And in that, again, this individual just changed their story multiple times, multiple times, multiple times yeah. in the, you know, uh, because of the denial of access to my platform, they escalated and escalated and escalated, stalked and harassed me on my live streams, continues to stalk and harass me so much so that I literally had to get my chain of command involved to the yeah. point where this individual ended up literally making death threats to me. And being an active duty service member, not only did she threaten to, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how far I can go, so I'll just say unalive me, yeah. um, and then advocated publicly for others to do the same in grave detail. Oh, That's a literal crime. You yeah. get what I'm saying? So yeah. the escalation as it relates to social media, people need to understand that there are real life consequences to that. Right now, there is an open investigation. Now, I can't speak to the extent of it, but there's an open investigation against her for those threats that could potentially lead to some jail time. Because again, you can't just take to social media to say anything out of your mouth. Now, as it relates to the false allegations, I was thereby clear because she refuses to be interviewed because yeah. she wants things to put up on social media. She made a quote that was outlined in the docuseries Clout uh, on YouTube that why would I go to 12 perfect strangers talking about a jury when I could literally get millions of eyes on this yeah, and as a survivor of sexual assault to have someone to the extent of NCIS being willing to talk to you, to hear your story, and to hear the hundreds of thousands of men that have reached out to me whose lives have literally been ruined at the hands of other individuals to the tune of losing scholarships, literally doing jail time, you know, uh, getting divorces over this exact thing yeah. because the believe the victim crowd and this individual didn't have the resources to clear their name fast enough. And the court of public opinion just took that, it essentially pulled the rug from beneath them. And then you see years down the line where they are exonerated to the tune of that individual either telling the truth or yeah. them finally being able to prove their innocence. However, when it comes to social media, there's this, this weird medium that we fall into that you're essentially guilty 
before proven innocent. As opposed to a court of law, you're innocent until proven guilty. Well, that's very interesting because in the same video with Brooklyn T Talk with the Tory Lanes, she kind of um, mirrors what you just said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she mirrors. And in, and in that too, like I said, you know, being able to prove loss makes a defamation case that much better. And this individual has, for all intents and purposes, really boosted me because look where we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm having, you know, talks with some very powerful people, some very powerful platforms, you know, to put this out there because I do believe that not just men, but women and people alike, they need to be protected from these types of things because it could very well ruin a person's life. And I thank God, I thank the ancestors, and I think, you know, in people with integrity that are allowing us to get our story out there, allowing this docu-series to show people like, there are literally people out there willing to ruin good people's life all because they want some clout on social media. So um, I don't know much you could talk about it, but were, were you two, um, did you, were you guys acquaintances or there was a problem? No, I only literally met this individual one time um, yeah. at a protest uh, in uh, Culver City, California. Uh, we were protesting at TikTok headquarters, um, yeah. standing in the gap for marginalized content creators, black content creators, um, whom don't get the same opportunities um, as our counterparts. Um, the mass reporting, um, the false mass reporting of individuals' accounts, um, as well as the um, uh, both um, financial uh, inadequacies uh, and uh, mistreatment excuse me, of uh, black and brown content creators. Yeah. And uh, this individual had a situation with another person um, that she wanted to talk about on my platform that I just was not willing to allow her access to. Yeah. Um, and then she falsely accused me of, you know, assaulting another person. And it was just like, what is wrong with you? Why would you take to a platform to say those things when you know they weren't true? That individual came right out immediately and made a video and defended me. And I thank that individual for having the integrity to say, no, this is not true. And this individual is lying to whereby I told her, you're no longer going to get access to my platform. Yeah. And then she flipped it on herself. In the very beginning, she said, this individual did not sexually assault me at all, never touched me or anything. The moment I denied her access to my platform, she thereby began lying on my name. And for an entire year, I had to put up with this woman uh, falsely accusing me and attempting to drag me on social media to whereby I realized, similar to the Cardi B situation, I had to take things off the internet and get actual documentation. So I went to NCIS and opened the investigation myself because again, being in the military, we have access to those types of resources for them to do a full investigation, to pull all of these clips, watch these individuals live streams and see the amount of the web of lies that they've told all over social media and then the denial of an actual interview to sit down and quote tell their story i truly do believe that this individual refuses to put their name on official documentation because they know that there's laws against that yeah. and that's what we're fighting for what happens when that that aspect of it is not present what thereby do you do and we want to bring forth legislation 
Um, and our goal is to get it before Congress to protect not just service members, but content creators worldwide and individuals that attempt to get on social media and falsely accuse people of things um, that is not exactly true. I can give you a little bit of a parallel of a situation. Uh, Gucci yeah. Man, the rapper, um, was falsely accused of not paying one of, uh, I guess, his um, rappers or artists um, funeral. And his yeah. wife took to social media to show the proof, show the receipts to the tune of, if I'm not mistaken, over $20,000. But the fact that individuals of that family was able, was you know willing to put that narrative out there, it, it was disheartening. So, you know, his team, they swiftly, you know, corrected that misinformation. And it's just like, when it comes to social media, and I tell people this all the time, he who controls the narrative controls the story. And in that, his team took immediate um, control of that by clearing that up. And that's what I felt like I needed to do with getting that federal documentation, clearing me of these false allegations. So that in the future, um, because they've attempted to harass brands that I've worked with, I can send this to them beforehand and say, hey, this is what this person has been doing. However, I have federal documentation clearing me of this and it is not true. Okay. It's funny you brought up um, a hip hop artist because while you were saying everything just a while ago, I was thinking about the social media with the different content creators. It's sort of like the hip hop game at times when rappers start beefing and they try to get the popularity of another fan base from another yep. artist. And I think sometimes that's what happens on the social media as well. That could be right. part of your situation. Absolutely. And uh, the, I mean, this individual started with about 8,000 followers and then amassed over 80,000. Yeah. And then once their account ended up getting banned for whatever reason, now they haven't been able to amass that same audience because people now know the truth. So in that, whereby people felt, oh, we're supporting a victim. Now it's like, no, this woman literally tried to ruin this man's life for absolutely no reason. And now we have proof of it. So there's, a, there's also issues with sometimes social media platforms banning people that put out information that sometimes they say is fake news and misinformation. But at times it could also be certain people don't want certain information out or certain businesses don't want information out. So right. what, what's your thoughts on censorship? I think that uh, people need to realize as well as recognize that freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequence. So just because you put something out in the atmosphere and you have the capacity uh, or the ability to put something out into the atmosphere, it doesn't mean that it absolves you from what it is that you are saying. Um, I truly do believe that everyone deserves the right to free speech. Um, however, hate speech is not protected under that. Um, and in that, I think that um, when you put into context um, the things in which people um, have attempted to do, um, I think more times than not, social media uh, puts people in a position to whereby uh, sometimes people are just looking for their 15 minutes of fame, no matter who it comes at the expense of. And I think what it truly boils down to is that individual's morals and ethics on 
what they want their legacy to be, how they want to be remembered. And if in fact they want to go this route, there's consequences that come along with that. And I thank you so much for allowing me um, an opportunity to even share my story um, mm-hmm. because you know there are uh, and there's an abundance um, of people out there, more specifically black men that share my sentiment that didn't have the, the same opportunity that I had to clear my name as swiftly as I did. Yeah, I understand it's that to me it's important to have a platform where we could put out our narrative sometimes compared to the narrative that's out there. Absolutely. Because the underground is where things really start before it gets popular and mainstream. Right. Absolutely. Do you have any um, advice for other content creators out there? Because sometimes people try to do things to just go viral and cause situations like what you're in. Do you have advice for content creators? Absolutely. And it's going to sound so arbitrary. I promise it's going to sound so arbitrary. Be yourself. Be yourself. The problem with social media, and I literally teach this, people are too um, addicted to chasing virality to the point where they post what we call shock value content that's not indicative of who they are just for clicks and views. So in that, be yourself. Make sure that you are proud of the content that you are putting out. Make sure that you are being ethical in the content in which you are putting out and you're being cognizant of how this could affect others. And most of all, have fun. Have fun with it. Social media should be fun. It shouldn't feel like a job. And that's where it got with me. It started to feel like a job to the point where it was depressing almost to get on social media and having to deal with this consistently to the point where I was just like, I realized when you get into situations, especially that are of a legal nature, get off of social media, get you some documentation, get you a lawyer and go to the authorities. I know, especially within our community, you know, we, we don't really have that great of a relationship um, systemically. We can recognize our interactions and encounters with police. However, we need to get a paper trail and reports need to be filed. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting a lawyer to advocate on your behalf. Get a lawyer, clear your name. Do not allow these things to sit on the atmosphere. As content creators, unless you are a super rich one with a fire legal team, it's not going to work out for you the same way. And I'm not super rich and I don't have that much of a legal team. (laughs) I have some good people around me that know the law. Uh, I'm in a fraternity as well. So I've been getting counsel from fraternity members that are lawyers as well um, to be able to understand how to navigate this. But then also being in the military, again, we have some resources as well. So in closing, I would like to say, be yourself, have fun, and by all means, get you documentation swiftly and clear your name. Okay. So one last thing, what do you want people to know about yourself, Anthony Highland? It's interesting you asked that question. Um, My goal in life is to leave this world in a better place than I found it. Utilizing the gifts, talents, and abilities the ancestors have blessed me with, Um, to the tune of spoken word, um, charitable giving, 
as well as public speaking. And my you know, goal is to travel the world uh, transforming lives. I don't call myself a motivational speaker. I call myself an empowerment speaker because I want to empower you to get up and go do something, to go chase your dreams, go chase your goals, um, you know, bring light to situations, uh, put people in position to win, put people in position to be successful. I truly do believe that there's far too many plates out here for us all not to be able to eat. And in order for me to get ahead, I shouldn't have to stand on your back to do so. The only time I want to look down on another person is when I'm reaching down to help them up. And that's what the docuseries Clout is about, reaching out and helping others up that have literally gone through the exact same thing, if not worse, to let them know that this is a real thing and this literally happens and it should not be a thing. So we're going to seek to fight tooth and nail to ensure that we shift this narrative um, so that this doesn't happen to anyone else moving forward to set a precedence. So please follow me on social media at uh, I Speak 1906 on TikTok and Instagram. Um, follow the docuseries Clout on YouTube at Damn It Derek, D-A-M-M-I-T Derek. Um, and it's under the playlist under docuseries. And um, it is my hope and desire that a, a major streaming service picks this up because the world needs to hear this story because it's only a microcosm of the abundance of stories that I've heard this past year.